0: let's do this are you ready hello everybody hello hello welcome 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 I'm Dan your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com we do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time that's 9 Eastern for those that are Mountain Challenge glad you could join us thanks for being here we're gonna do our shipping report like we always do every week and then we'll get into our giveaway we have a cool giveaway Talk a little bit about what's going on here at Dan's Fish, and then we'll get to your questions and comments and just geek out about fish together. Sound like a plan? Good, let's do it. All right, the first thing I'm going to do is check my email or check my text. Yeah, I think we're good. So we have the shipping report right here. It's short, which is great. Currently, year-to-date starting at February 1st, 2022. That's when we started calculating this with our new system. 98.87%. Ooh, my volume's too high. Let me take that down a bit. Sorry if I'm cracking your microphones, everybody. I guess I should quickly ask, is the volume okay now? Is the is the video look okay? Sound okay, look okay? Let's just take a moment and make sure everyone can see us and hear us okay before we continue. I think we can. Better now? Okay, yeah. All right, yeah, sorry about that. I just saw that I was like... Uh, Way in the red. But I'm excited. I'm talking loud tonight. (laughs) We might end up with a golazo. Who knows? Okay. 98.87% of the fish have arrived alive and stayed alive as far as reported to us by our customers since February 1st of this year. So that's pretty good. We're getting so darn close to our goal. Our goal is 99%. We're at 98.87, we're so, so close, almost, almost there. The issues we had were on, I believe it was the 10th, October 10th, and I'm not sure if the date's mixed up or if somehow they just hadn't been reported yet for last week, because if they were here October 10th, if the issue was October 10th, then uh, if that's when it was reported at least then that, is, uh, that would have been reported last week. But anyway, I'll get to the bottom of that. Three fish had issues. There's one pygmy quarry that arrived, DOA, so sorry to that customer. And then there's two orange Venezuelan quarries that arrived alive but, but passed away a little later. So to those customers who had losses, we're so sorry. I'm, I'm sure that we've taken care of you. Johnny is on it, He's doing a great job. Thanks, Johnny. Johnny at Dan's Fish, if you're watching, thanks. And uh, so that's the report. Three issues since the 10th, if I have the date right, and if I have it wrong, then since I talked to you last Wednesday. So that's what's going on with shipping. This time of year, it's getting cold. It was like full winter in some parts of the United States as far as temperatures go. I think the, the lowest temperature we shipped to was 18 degrees this week. Someone had a low of 18. I believe that was Fargo, North Dakota. The movie didn't lie. (laughs) Well, it did in some ways, but not about the temperature. So anyway, we are, we're doing well. It's it's gradually, the shipping metrics are gradually getting up to that 99% success rate, which is what we want. We want to be never more than, we always want to be less than 1% of issues so that's where we're at all right let's talk about the giveaway i'm excited about this one the giveaway tonight is for one of my favorite fish ever it is the sparkling garami or the pygmy gurami. tiny little things top out at about an inch and a half don't get very big oh here's our picture look at that i love it when our picture shows up on the first page we take that picture with our very own camera our very own little fishy <laughs> so they're small. They're peaceful. They're one of the sh- the fish that I recommend when people ask, "What can I get with shrimp?" Because they're so small that they're going to have trouble uh, harming your caridina or neocaridina shrimp. They're easy to breed. If I didn't mention it already, they're hardy. This one might be just a little touched up, but man, what a pretty picture! That's a that's a great picture right there. Anywho. Any hoodles, as they say. Sparkling gourami or, or pygmy gourami. So if you would like to be entered to win some of these, they're great for a nano tank. They're great for a peaceful community aquarium. Uh, I think a tank of them, some coolie loaches, some shrimp, and some pygmy hatchets up top is kind of fantastic. Maybe some toothpick shrimp uh, fish, something like that. I like a tank like that tank with lots of little nano fish in it well if you'd like to be entered to win a group of those we'll send you six of them then enter hashtag glitter in the chat hashtag G L I T T E R no spaces caps don't matter hashtag G L I T T E R glitter because they sparkle like glitter new common name the glitter garami No, don't don't do it. We have enough confusion with common names. We don't need any (laughs) more. Great little fish. And I see some folks are entering. So great. We're up to 66 eligible users, 69, 72, 77, and they keep coming in. Alrighty. Well, we'll see a little later tonight who the big winner is. (laughs) Okay. What's going on here at Dan's fish? Well, Yesterday I finally released the Amazon Puffer video, I I like it a lot, there's still things I need to do better as I make videos, but so far I think this is probably the best video I've made. I think it will probably hold your attention. I tested it on kids, so I'd show it to, to kids and see like when they started looking away, when they got bored, when they started looking at their phones or whatever. Because if I can get kids to pay attention, then I think I think I can get anyone to pay attention. So, how do you keep attention for a 20-minute video? Well, I've tried my best. There's a few things I would change. So, the next video I do, I'll make a little different. different Lee. But I really like it. So, if you're into Amazon Puffers, or just want to see a video about Amazon Puffers, check it out and leave your feedback in the comments i did get one piece of feedback which i think is right which is that the sound effects were too much and that might be true the reason i did that though is when i showed that to kids they would laugh every time the boing sound effect happened and it would keep them engaged so i maybe went a little too far with it though i think what what could have happened is if anytime i introduced a new thing it had that boing sound effect, but then if I showed it again later, I didn't re-boing. Too much boinging. <laughs> Let the jokes fly. <laughs> so, so anyway, I've been basically focused on that for several days. That was, that was a lot of editing. I really tried to edit it into something that would, would hold attention. And whew, respect to every editor out there, every YouTuber out there. There's a reason why it's so much easier to just grab a camera, go do a quick vlog-type tour, throw it in the can, and load it up, right? That editing takes forever, forever. So much more respect for people that do this for a living. (laughs) So, um, yeah. I'm not sure what the next video will be yet. Well, I do, actually. The next video will be a kind of what you see is what you get take you around, show you some of the new fish. There's been folks that have been wanting to see the new African fish forever. And I've been holding off to wait till they're kind of colored in and fat and sassy and stuff. And uh, But it, it's been long enough. So I'll show you some of those, show you some of the other really cool stuff we have. So, some amazing gobies. We have actually a wide variety of really cool fish. So there's no way I can show you all the new fish, but the, the next video will be, let's take you around. Let's, let's show you uh some of the stuff that people have been wanting to see and then after that i'll probably try to find an, another deep dive into a species or a topic and and edit it hardcore so that's that's kind of the plan for that so that's that's the report that's what i've been working on the other thing i've been working on is 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 those that have followed us know making some changes to our water system there's a lot of work that goes into that I spent half the day today just catching up on bills so there's paperwork and for some reason you got to keep writing the checks you don't write the checks people shut off your lights it's no fun (laughs) they just don't understand when you're like I don't want to write the check I mean I haven't had the lights turned off but writing checks is a pain in the patootie let me tell you that it's no fun anyway Um, So that's been what I've been doing, catching up on paperwork and bills and and recovering after so much focus on on making that video. That's kind of what's going on in my neck of the woods. It's a short update. Oh, something else that we're doing is we've been reaching out to hobbyists who breed and raise fish. And we have several hobbyists bred and raised fish that will arrive next week. That'll be our our next big uh, influx of inventory from three or four maybe five different hobbyist breeders. So I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to get some of these species in and I'll show you what they are when they're ready to go. Okay, without further ado, let's get into your questions and comments. Before we do that, I wanna thank my uh, moderators for being here every week, doing what they do, making the stream run smoothly, um, you know, getting rid of all the inappropriate stuff when the porn bots spam our chat they get rid of all that stuff we do want this to be safe for kids and families we want it so that anyone of any age or background or whatever could come watch these learn about fish and enjoy it and if you're a kid and you're watching it your parents are going to be concerned and be like oh I don't think you should watch that dance fish guy he's pretty crude so that's why we do it this way we just want to make it accessible to everyone I, I just I think of 13 year old me and how I would have just given my right arm to have a resource like this where every week I could get on and just chat about fish I would have loved it and my parents would have been like you can't do that <laughs> you know if it wasn't a family friendly so I want to thank the moderators for helping keep it okay for the kiddos so thank you I also want to thank my members there's so many members now look at this Well, you all can see it, but look at how much green is in this chat. Each of those green folks is a member. Thank you for being members. Thank you to everyone who has gifted memberships. It's nuts. We're over 100 members now. It's crazy. And by the way, one of the little perks is when I do that video, and I'm hoping to film it Friday, that's kind of what I have scheduled, it'll take me a little while to get it filmed, get it in the can, get it all loaded up and everything. But... I'm going to try my best to release it Friday. I don't know if I can. But but anyway, it's coming out soon. And the, the first people that will be able to see it are the members. That way, the idea is that if you're a member, you deserve first crack at uh, the kind of cool new species we get in, right? Sometimes we get in species that no one else has, that you can't find, that people have been looking for for like 20 years, all that, 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 that kind of like holy grail or bucket list fish that someone's been wanting. So we want to make it so that the members have first crack at that. So that's that's what you'll get. You'll be able to see the video first. If you see anything on there that you like, you can order it. And then I think about eight to 12 hours after we release it to the to the members, then we'll release it to the general public. So that's the perk that we have right now for members. We're going to get to the point Takes a lot of coding on the uh, programming on the website to make this happen, but eventually we'll get to the point where if you're a member, not only are there certain videos about hey here's the new fish coming out that uh, that you'll see first, but also you'll literally be able to see the listings at dancefish.com before people that aren't members. So not only will you get the video before everyone else, but you'll actually have access to the actual fish before everyone else. Right now, we release the fish for sale and everyone can see them at the same time. So it's not quite where we want it. And the reason we're doing this is it's one of the only ways I can think of to have memberships and actually have them add value to the members we don't mark our stuff up believe it or not i know we're one of the more expensive uh online fish stores but believe it or not we don't mark our still our stuff up enough to offer discounts to members we don't do discounts really just because we don't have the margin the reason our fish are expensive isn't because we mark them up a lot more than we need to uh, we mark them up as much as we need to to stay in business but the The way we source fish and the way we handle fish here, the system we've built to take care of the fish, the way we ship fish, all that is very expensive. The equipment's really expensive to run this place. Uh, It takes a lot of labor, a lot of man hours to pack the fish the way we do, to do our whole process. And so because of that, the fish are expensive, but it's not it's not that we're marking them up enough we can say, hey, members get 20% off or anything like that. We just don't have the margin. We would go out of business. So this whole time I've been trying to think, people for years now have been saying, why don't you do memberships? And it's like, because I have nothing to offer the members. This is the only way I could think of to add value to members, like real like value. Get a fish you, be able to get a fish you've been waiting for, um, have access to a fish before any, you know, non-members have access before the world at large has access is, is a perk that I think has value. So that's why we're doing that. And that's where we're going with the memberships again, though, it takes a ton of coding. And right now, (laughs) right now there's, (laughs) there's a whole lot of coding going on. Things like every, every few months you have to update your servers and update the programs that talk to the servers and, It's not a static world. So right now, Random Arms is busy just trying to make sure everything's kept up and talking so the site doesn't go down because the server might say, hey, we no longer support this version of this thing you're using and we have to go and change all that. So right now there's a lot of that going on just to kind of keep the store up, up and running. But as when this round of, and this happens every few months, when this round of that finishes up, then we'll be able to focus on some more of these these uh other kind of fun exciting projects right now it's just maintenance any hoodles um (laughs) i've never said any hoodles before in my life tonight i've said it twice i i don't know I, i don't know i have no explanation for it let's get to your questions and comments here we go we're 250 viewers that's awesome thanks for being here folks If you wouldn't mind taking a moment to share this with your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or what have you, all your ex-lovers, and grow this chat a little bit, let's do that, that'll be fun. The first question or comment that I can see is, here it is, Leo 209 Aquatics. When are they going to go on the site? Oh, they're already on the site, most of them. Now there are still some of the fish. They just aren't ready to go yet but everything that is made it through quarantine and we feel confident will arrive alive and hail and hearty and fat and sassy to you and do well for you is listed on the site right now now Johnny was going around today uh, in in doing a uh, every few days every week a couple times a week we go around and we're like okay what looks good now now and we look at the history we keep track of every death every problem we know a On this date, this many died. On this date, this many died. On this date, they started getting ick. On We keep track of that. We keep track of all the treatments, all those things. So once once we are confident there haven't been... Well, a lot of fish never have die off, right? They come and they're fine. And in two weeks, we can let let them go. But some come and they struggle. Once they haven't had a death for a while or they haven't had any issue with treating ick or what have you that we've had to treat for a while and they've been stable for a while then we can list them. So it's this kind of this constant thing we have to do of keeping track of every tank how it's doing and as things stabilize and are ready to go, updating and updating and updating. And that never ends because we're constantly getting new uh, fish in. And constantly selling out of other fish and so that that cycle just continues but as of today as of the last round of that cycle everything that's ready to go has been listed but often there is no pictures because it takes us a long time to get the pictures it's hard to get good fish pictures takes a lot of time and so basically I'm gonna go around and take some videos so you can actually see what we have on, on a lot of these species all right 267 folks are here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining the party. Cheers. Jon Snow Radio. Do you know if temp can influence fry gender in endlers? I would suspect it could. I've been breeding chili endlers this year and have probably close to 70% females. Well, I know it determines the sex in a lot of species. Most recently, uh, the Melanotania calitawa has been shown that different temperatures gives you different sex ratios. And it's this is true for a lot of fish. So I would not be surprised at all if it was true of endlers. Now, I don't know of any study that we could point out that says, yep, we did this scientific study and here's the result. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's out there. Especially for guppies, which are close enough to an endler that if it affects guppies, chances are it's also going to affect the endlers. So I bet it's out there, but I don't know it. If anyone here knows that study, I'm not talking just like you know, the, the typical hobbyist lore, or the you know, anecdotal thing. I mean, an actual study that that talked about this and knows the result. If you wouldn't mind telling us, so that we can uh, give Jon Snow Radio a better answer than I just did, that would be great. Ah, man, sometimes water is so good. All right. Myrtle, good to see you. Thanks for being here, my friend. Kayler, thanks for being here. Cuz Aquatics and Reptiles. And I saw Punchy Paints earlier. Mr. Guy Y. Do you have any info on keeping Soloaceae shrimp? Here's the main thing with those. Hard, alkaline water, warm temperatures. Apart from that, you can treat them like a cherry shrimp. As far as I've done so far. Now, I should give a big caveat on this. We have about five or six species of Soloacea type shrimps right now. And they're doing great. But this is my first time with them. So I don't have a lot of experience. But what I know what I know from the research is hard alkaline water and generally pretty warm. So that's what I would go with. We treat them just like cherry shrimp, apart from that. We have wood in the tanks, it's old, so there's biofilm on there. They're in well-established, well-seasoned tanks. I wouldn't put them in a new aquarium by any means, but good stable water parameters, and they eat anything. They do. What's interesting about them is they do hide a bit. They'll hide under the wood, and they'll come out, when they're comfortable, they'll come out, but like cherry shrimp you'll put in a tank, and they don't usually hide they go right around eating right same with like crystal red shrimp and things like that it was interesting to see these guys that maybe because they're closer to to the wild than cherry shrimp and things which have been bred for generations in aquariums um that they kind of hung out under the wood they come out to eat and they they're getting more bold now so they're out a lot more now but it was interesting to see that they wanted to do that So that's my thoughts. I don't know a lot about them, but that's that's what I've experienced so far. (laughs) Survival of the finish. Never too much boinging. (laughs) I did a play once called Boing Boing, which was pretty funny. It's a slapstick comedy. Tyler Brown. Howdy, Dan. Well, howdy right back at you, Tyler. Hope you're doing well. Luke Stone Mountain, loved the video. Yeah, probably just turn the volume down a bit on the sound effects, pinch the ears a bit with the headphones on. Oh yeah, if you were with headphones. See, when I'm editing these things, I'm at my desktop computer, and I've got these super old, antiquated speakers from the 1990s probably, <laughs> that are barely functional. So I should probably give it a listen through with headphones on before I release it. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper, I enjoyed the Amazon Puffer video. Hopefully I figured out how to unlock those files for your future use. I'm looking forward to delivery tomorrow. So pumped for that order to arrive. I'm pumped for you to get it. So uh, we have a, a pair of Shodeni Puffers on the way to Mountaintop Puffer Keeper in the hopes that Mountaintop can breed them and uh, we can start buying our puffer supplies from Mountaintop. That would be fantastic. Right now, the ones we're bringing in, we import. Sometimes we get wild in, sometimes we get aquarium bred and raised in, but they all of them are coming, they're being imported, the ones that we can get. I would much rather buy from a, from a hobbyist here in the United States. I think that's the way to go, so hope they do well for you. And, and thanks for taking the time to to work on those files for us. We'll we'll find a use in the future. Leo29 Aquatics here, take my money. <laughs> Thanks, Leo. And uh, you know, anytime you want to throw money at us, we're happy to take it. No worries. If you have if you have cash to spare, we're good at hoovering it up. We can do that. <laughs> Scotty the Fish Freak, need more Killy videos. Oh, I agree. I agree. I'll get to that. It's not gonna be soon, just cause I don't have a lot of Killy species right now, but I can't wait to dig into the killie videos. I'm in total agreement with that. Hunter McLaren. Hi, I recently lucked out and found a female black tiger Dario. Boom. Good for you. That's awesome. What's a good breeding setup for Dario species? So I would do, I mean, you want, I would say like choke it with plants, like half the aquarium, just a bunch of plants. Java moss maybe some Java Fern. I'm trying to think of who did the great video on their Scarlet baddest breeding, Dario Dario. It's not Black Tiger Dario, but similar enough it's kinda of gonna be the same thing. Oh, is it Scarlet Aquatics? Is that their name? Anyway, there's a couple good videos out there that show how they do it. and They, they just spawn in the plants and Besides that, I know nothing. I've never raised the fry. But people that do it, uh, I I know it's been done. I've never done it myself, though. But I know how to... I think I could get them to spawn. But beyond that, I wouldn't know. I don't know how big the babies are. I don't know anything about incubating the eggs. Yeah. But I would say to get eggs, uh, uh, an aquarium, I don't know, five and a half gallons, whatever. And like half of it just like java moss and java fern is where I would start. Shady Grady, I started a blackworm culture after watching your video and it is thriving. Thanks. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Nothing like being able to to grow your own blackworms. Right now, what's the cost for blackworms? It's something ridiculous like wholesale before shipping. Is it like 22 bucks a pound? Like, this is like the finest cuts of beef prices. (laughs) <laughs> like, in <laughs> wish shipping and at retail, you're, I don't know, are you 50 bucks a pound? So, if you can grow your own black worms, that's amazing. That, they're worth their weight in gold. I'm feeding them our green laser core to our, <laughs> I'm feeding them the quarry the stuff. I'm feeding them to our green laser quarries and they love them, but I'm getting detritus worms in my tank. Oh, yeah, that can happen. Now, I look at detritus worms just as another food source. I love them for feeding juvenile fishes and things like that. So, no. Planaria, maybe not as much, but detritus worms, great little fish. Fish food. Okay. Leo 209 Aquatics, what's the difference between the two levels of membership? Nothing. Here's what happened. When we first launched. First, When we first... Let me have another drink. When we first launched the memberships, we did it at, well, I think, $599. We're like, yeah, that's a good price for a membership. And then, I think it was Alexander Engelhart asked us in a live stream to make it possible uh, to gift memberships. And we tried and it didn't work and we couldn't figure it out. So one day we dug in deep and we found out that in order to gift a membership, you have to have a membership level of $4.99. So we added a membership level of $4.99 so that folks could gift memberships. And we can't... When you have a membership in place at a certain amount, you can't just, like, change it, right? Because people have locked into that amount. It wouldn't be fair to change it on them so if anyone wants to remember at the lower rate that's that's fine but we can't really change the rate on a membership so what we had to do is create a new membership level so they're really the same level it was just when we first started you know in our ignorance we did not know that and how would we have that if it was 599 folks couldn't gift memberships but if it was 499 they could so that's kind of what it is there's literally no difference Cool, Susan says, the steak endlers are so cute and frisky. Thanks for the amazing service. Oh, you're very welcome. I hope you enjoy them. That strain came from Alexander Engelhart, and uh, they've been breeding like crazy for us. The easiest endlers I've ever bred. Even in a completely bare tank, literally. This tank had glass sides, some sand on the bottom, and an air stone. That's it. Bred like crazy, didn't eat the babies ever. So the easiest <laughs> endler I've ever bred and raised. I'm glad you like them, hope they do well for you. The fish geek. How often do you get hobbyist bred fish? Anytime I can. It's my my favorite way to get fish. So a couple of things we have to buy in quantity, and it's helpful if you're a hobbyist that has several species available or or a very, you know, a species we can't get anywhere else available. Things like that make it make it easier. But we love buying from hobbyists. In, in our experience, there's no better source for fish. We like to support the hobby, and we get better stuff when we buy from hobbyists. Now, sometimes there's a little bit of learning curve with shipping and all that, but we're willing to help folks with that. And we've, we've helped several folks get you know, proficient at that so we can buy from them. Stephen P, 2003, Aquatics. Hey, not Stefan. Hope you're doing well. Here's money to say thank you for allowing us to pay money for the first opportunity to spend money. <laughs> thanks, Stefan. <laughs> not Stefan. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> Kevin Tarney, thanks for joining up. Thanks for becoming a member of the crew. Really much appreciate it. Lady Diane, it's a great perk. I'm glad you think so. It's, it's the best one we could think of to give members and still stay in business. They kind of get a chance to see things earlier than others and eventually buy things earlier than others. Survival of the fishiest. Dance which has the best, healthiest selection. Oh, I'm glad you think so. Thank you so much. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's some ads that pop up in my YouTube, my, my YouTube feed, my uh, Facebook feed. Occasionally I don't spend much time on Facebook, but I was on there the other day and an ad popped up that said, "We have the largest selection of nano fish in the United States." And I looked at it and I was like, "Do you really? <laughs> I don't know about that. Let's count." <laughs> I don't get my panties in a bunch over that kind of stuff. It's fine, but every now and then someone makes a claim and I'm like, "But do you?" <laughs> anyway, I'm glad you I'm glad you like this selection and I'm thank you for the support. I appreciate it. And we try our best. I mean, we fail miserably sometimes. I still feel really bad for the uh, customer who, a week ago or so, the entire box of uh, Corridoris catimaculatus we sent, for some reason, the ones that went there did not do well. The ones that went other places, as far as I know, did fine. Uh, Johnny, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that's that's the case from the information I have. So every now and then, the you know, there's a bell curve to everything. There's statistics that rule everything. Anytime you send a box of fish to a customer, there's a risk that things will go wrong. Anything could happen to that box between when you deliver it to UPS and when it's actually delivered to the customer. When they actually pick it up and have possession of it, right? We do everything we can to make sure that's successful. But that bell curve says that right around, right now, right around 1% of the fish we send out will will have a problem. And every now and then, it's your turn on the bell curve. You get to that far left edge of the problem edge, and uh, it's a small chance that it'll happen, but it does. So I try not to focus on that too much. I, I try to focus on the good. Like morning, this morning in our, our morning stand-up with the team, it was really nice to open the, the website and just say, hey, I'm just going to read you the the, the uh, last five reviews in order in which they were received. And I read them, and everyone's pumped up, and you know feels like, okay, good, it's worth all this work. It's worth doing it. And then every now and then, a problem happens, and we focus on that really hard. Did we do something wrong? Can we improve anything? Even though it's only around 1% of the, the fish that have an issue, we spend a lot of our time on the issues because we want to make it better usually it's like actually we can't think of anything we could have done better on that sometimes it's like oh we didn't realize this like we'll take a look deep we'll observe that tank real carefully or whatever and be like oh look at that that one up in the corner that one's not not looking good didn't realize that you know, so so we do learn some things sometimes and have to make adjustments. But we try our best, and it almost always goes well. But every now and then, yeah, there's a problem. Okay. Chat jumps, so I'm scrolling here. How did I get on that? I don't even know. <laughs> Danio Plicostomis. Now, there's a hybrid that would be interesting. One of the best member perks out there. Oh, cool. I mean, once we actually build the thing where you can see on dancefish.com the fish as a member before the world at large, then I think it'll be really good. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice to hear that people think that the uh, plan for the members has, has some value. That's good. <laughs> Leo 2 and aquatics. Here, just take my money. Well, what's the difference between both levels of memberships? How about the Amazon Puffers? So I already talked about the. there there really is no level. Just in our ignorance, we created two levels kind of accidentally. And how about the Amazon Puffers? Well, we're sold out, but they're awesome. We do have an amazing group. They're much more expensive, but we have an amazing group of Congo Spotted Puffers now. They're spawning for us they look fantastic they're fat they're happy they're personable they eat everything we feed them blood worms and shrimp and all that stuff but they eat viber bites they'll eat rapashi with the oyster shell mixed in to help trim their teeth down they're not picky at all they're ready to go so we're sold out of amazon puffers right now but we do have some congo spotted puffers so here's what happens about six weeks ago we had a whole bunch of Amazon Puffers. We got, we got a shipment in. Maybe it was eight weeks ago. I can't remember how long this has been. And that's something I've been wanting to do a deep dive on for a while. I find them a fascinating fish. And so, I did a bunch of research and I was like, this is great. I'm gonna do a, a newsletter on this. I'm gonna write an article about these fish. So I did, but it took a long time because not only is they writing the article, there's feeding the fish, there's caring for the fish, there's packing the fish, there's making sure we uh, are getting new fish in to make sure our inventory doesn't dry up. There's managing the business. So as I could, I wrote this article. I have a whole vlog about it. <laughs> I think the second to last vlog video is about this. And so it took a while to get that done. So that got done. And then the plan is to do a deep dive. I can write the article, I can make a video about it. I can do. I can use that research for several different pieces of content, right? Well, it's taken this long to finally get the video filmed and done. And so between the time when it was like, hey, we have a bunch of Amazon puffers and I wanna do a whole bunch of content about them to when I could finish the content, they were already sold out. So that's kinda how it is here. It's not like I can be I can't be like, oh, we have a whole bunch of this species. I'm going to create the content and it'll be ready tomorrow. It takes a long time. I mean, research takes a long time. I mean, by definition. So that's what happened with the Amazon puffers. It would have been awesome if I had a big old group ready to go. So when the video was released, everyone could have been like, hey, I have this information now. And I've been looking for that fish. And I think I have the right setup for it. I think I could get these. like. Uh, We would have sold out like that, but it's not how it works. It takes too much time. So what I'm trying to do now is just create content that is good without having it be like, this is, well, this is kind of what I've always done is just, I'm trying to create content that's interesting and will be interesting for a long time to come instead of like, Hey, I want to sell these now, you know, let's, let's try to make a video to sell them or something like that. So timing. 279 folks are here. Thanks for being here, folks. Kurt Robinson, thanks for joining up. I think I already think Kevin Carney, Kevin Tarney. And Leo 209 Aquatics, thanks so much. I want to do a little test here. It's 740. We haven't done this in a while. Let's go ahead and do the giveaway now, before all the uh, latecomers that come at the end just to, to win show up. And it'll be interesting to see, once we do this giveaway, do our numbers stay the same? Or do a bunch of people leave? So we're currently at uh, 283. So we're gonna do the drawing. This is for six sparkling gouramis, also called pygmy gouramis. Beautiful, little, peaceful, awesome, little nano gourami. And the winner is Josh S. Josh S, you are the winner. You have two minutes to chime in. Let us know that you're here. You do have to be present to win. And uh, really curious to see what happens after we do that drawing. 289 here. Hey, that's not so bad. While we're waiting for Josh, Hannah D, would you ever get dwarf coral platys in? I haven't been able to find them in stock anywhere for a long time. I would totally get dwarf platys in if I could find them. Like teacup, I think they're also called. I brought them in once before, and I'm still not sure if they were truly a teacup or if they were just young and ended up getting big later. If anyone here in chat bought any of those, would you let me know, did the teacup platies we had that once, we've only been able to get them in once, did they stay teacup or did they end up growing into normal sized platies? Those, it's so hard because if I'm buying from, this is one reason I like buying from hobbyists. If I'm buying from a hobbyist, it's likely they bred the fish for a few generations, Or they got it from a friend who's been breeding it for a few generations. And we kind of know that that strain is fixed. We know what it is. And when they sell it to me and I sell it to you, it's much more likely that you're going to get the thing that we all think we're getting. When I import fish, it's not quite as guaranteed. I order what is listed and they send me stuff hopefully it's the thing that's actually listed but i don't know that because often it comes in small and i I sell it before it's got big enough for me to know and there's no way i can every new batch of fish grow them all up to full adult size to be like yep that's that one stayed smaller yep this is the giant species or or whatever right so that's one reason i really like buying from from So often, I try to be transparent about this always, like right now we have the mini ranger pleco. We've been growing them out for a while and still the biggest one is two and a half inches, so maybe they're the mini species, but we won't know for a while. Maybe they're not fully grown yet, but we don't know. We haven't had them long enough, so it often happens, so I like to... If you ever buy something from me and it ends up being something different, if you would let us know. That way, when we buy from that supplier again, we know that, well, the item listed is this, but it might not be that. Although, actually, that's not even 100% because when you buy from a supplier, sometimes you'll buy the item and it's one thing, and then sometimes you'll buy the item and it's obviously not the same, even though they call it the same. So, yeah, it's a funny industry. But yes, Hannah, I'd love to get dwarf platies in. Hard to find, though. Oh, let's see here. Did our man join in? Josh S says, I'm here. Thanks, guys. All right, Josh S, you have won. So if you wouldn't mind emailing your first name, your last name, and your mailing address to hello at dancefish.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com. Then uh, we can arrange a shipping date with you and, and get you all taken care of. So thanks for playing. Thanks for participating. And now we're at 285, 287. Hey, it's actually going up. That's cool. I always wonder, I'm like, are folks just here for the giveaway? 283, all right, we'll see how it goes. And every now and then I like to mix up the time we do the giveaway, just because I feel like sometimes in the last 15 minutes, a lot of folks show up hoping to win. (laughs) And I like to give you guys that are here early a chance to win, because it's like, yeah, they're not here just for the giveaway. Those are the folks that should win, right? Ginger Coats, Ginger Coats has joined up. Welcome to the fishmonger crew. And Ginger, thank you for being such a great customer. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Whew, where are we at? John Keith Gardner. I'm looking at doing a 60 gallon aquarium for nano to 1.5 inch fish. Do you have any ideas? Oh, I have so many ideas, John. Can you narrow it down for me though? Can you give me a list of like, here's 10 nano fish or small fish that I really like, and then I can take a look at that and be like, well, these three would do amazing together in an aquarium, or or something like that. There's just thousands and thousands of options. Off the top of my head, though, I'd probably do, like, pygmy hatchet fish up top, or a species of half beak up top, a small half beak. On the bottom, i do pygmy quarries. I just think they're fantastic. And then, I don't know, I still like the idea of in the middle doing the sparkling gouramis, but that's just like one option. There's so many different options. And personally, I'd rather do large numbers of all those species than put like 10 different species in there and only do like two or three or six of each. I don't know what, what size tank is it. This is a 60 gallon. Oh yeah, so in a 60 gallon, I would love large groups of these. I'd do like three, one in the bottom, one in the middle, one on the top, and i do large numbers of those three species. Just to me, aesthetically, I think there's something really interesting that happens when you do that. And suddenly you see these fish doing new behaviors because they're in larger groups. You see them coloring up differently. I think you get a, a better sense of what that fish is when you keep s- small fish in large numbers as opposed to onesies and twosies. So that's my general thoughts on that. Cat with (laughs) corndog. I don't know why that hit my funny bone, but that's hilarious. Got three pairs of golden fantail mollies and a seal point angel from you guys last week. Everyone's doing fine for a bit. However, notice the angel has a prolapse. Ooh, that's not good. And died this morning. Oh, that's bad. I'm sorry about that. I mean, prolapses are just... It just looks painful, right? Ouch. And I'm never sure what causes that. Could be diet. Could be, could be lots of different things. And I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah, prolapses are no fun. And that's not the kind of thing, like, if you look at a fish and it has ick, you're like, oh, I know what the issue is. I know how to treat that. It's fine. Like a prolapse, that's a whole different thing. Man, sometimes I wish I was a fish veterinarian. I, I could do so much good. Adam Lash. Thoughts on using Amazon puffers as dragonfly nymph control in outdoor tubs? We had a few issues with dragonfly nymphs this summer. Enjoyed the puffer video immensely. Oh, I think they would love eating dragonfly nymphs. I mean, as far as will they take care of the nymphs? Oh yeah, I think so. Will they do well in the tubs? I, I guess it depends on the size of the tub, how it's set up, its temperature and all that. Uh, the amazon puffers don't like it cold so that's one thing to keep in mind and the habitats they come from the temperatures swing in the dry period and the wet period but they're fairly s- stable during most of the year like the dry period fairly stable temperature throughout the dry period the wet period fairly stable throughout the wet period and there are some fluctuations but In a temper, I don't know where you live or what kind of night versus day shifts in temperature you experience, but I think you would want to insulate that tub and heat it and keep it at a pretty constant temperature. So if it was the right size tub and you could keep it a good temperature, then I I mean, yeah, why not? Space Guy TY. Easy, not East. Oh, I. I misspoke probably, bad Dan. You know, I do that a lot. Wow, 290 folks are here. We did the giveaway, ended all that, and more folks showed up. That's pretty awesome. let see who's here. Kids, Aquatics, and, exo- and Reptiles, I just wanna say exotics. <laughs> Kids, Exotics, and Reptiles. Hey, great stream, Dan. It just needs a little pippy. Amen, amen to the pippy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a shirt there somewhere <laughs> amen to the pippy <laughs> larissa muth mountaintop puffer is an exceptional puffer keeper i followed them on aquarium co-ops forums may you have good luck oh yeah don't i know it uh matthew actually wrote an article for us so we do uh, an article i want to say monthly but it it's not <laughs> don't have the time to actually make it monthly but we do a, a frequent article where, newsletter article and Matthew was kind enough to write one for us on breeding how, uh, what is it, Bailey Eye the hairy puffer. So, yeah, I, I agree. Platies are us. My blue calico platies came in and doing awesome. They are shoaling and sco- schooling with the other platies. I'm glad to hear it. And I hope you like them. Aren't they pretty? Like the blue calico platies or blue coral calico platies, whatever they're called. They really are something else. That's one of the tanks where you're walking around the fish warehouse and you walk past that one, you give it a double take, and you just have to take a second and appreciate that fish because it really is pretty. Survival of the fittest. Money for the Sendanda Veterinarian School Fund. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat. Always appreciate it. Never required. But we are, you know, the little engine that could work in its way up that mountain. So every little bit does help. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We do have a uh, a follower who is currently attending uh, the, what is it, uh, Aquarium Health Program at the Oregon State University, the one that Dr. Tim Miller Morgan helped found. And it would be awesome if, if when they're done, if... Uh, they come work for us. I think that would be awesome. So there are a couple of irons in the fire along this line. Nathan Hovey, would you say what would you say is the lowest temp cichlids all around could go? I keep cichlids from all different areas. Well, the issue there is there's some very specialized cichlids. Let's take soda cichlids for example. They want to be, what is it, 90, 95 degrees Fahrenheit? Because they come from these hot, spring-fed, alkaline soda lakes. So they wouldn't do well at low temperatures. So there's no like one-size-fits-all, but there is a, a one-size-fits-most. And that would be the mid to upper 70s for, for most cichlids. I, I would hesitate to go much below the mid-70s, though, because so many cichlids are from the true tropical areas, South America and, and uh, West Africa. So, I wouldn't go much below the mid-70s on a rando cichlid tank. Now, there are definitely cichlids that can go very low. The ones from Uruguay will sometimes be, I mean, they can get ice around the edges of their habitats. So, they can go pretty darn low. And, but that's an exception, right? Most of them, I'd say mid-70s. I'm thinking 75 ish degrees, 74 ish degrees. And of course, if they're kept in the mid 80s and then you buy them and put them straight in that, they might have issues. So, I, you know, depends on where you get them, how long it would take to adjust them to those temperatures. Zorak, what would be a good setup for a goldfish? Zorak, I actually don't know much about goldfish. Back in the day when I was a kid, my sister won some goldfish like at the fair or something and we ended up having, I think it was three goldfish in this little three gallon you know, goldfish aquarium. Eventually we moved them up and they they went into a large tank and grew big but since then I've never kept a goldfish. So I'm not your guy, I'm sorry, I can't really point you in the right direction there. I know the basics but without having much personal experience I don't think I'm the right person to answer that. But there's a lot of folks here who have kept goldfish, so would any of you who uh, keep goldfish and like them and are, you know, goldfish geeks, if you wouldn't mind leaving in the chat a comment to Zorak, letting them know your experience, that would be very helpful and appreciated. Ethan Foster, any thoughts on L136C Plecos? About to buy a few to start collecting for a breeding group. Hope things are going well. Getting close to setting up my new rack. Let's see here. The main thing about the 136s I've noticed is once they hit four or five inches, the males are pretty combative. Now you can definitely keep multiple males in a tank, I've done it, but it was a 75 gallon tank and there were a lot of different hides, lots of caves for everybody. I think you might run into problems though if you have multiple males and it's a small tank or there aren't a ton of caves Things like that. So that's what I would keep in mind if I was getting those. Apart from that, uh, the 136 is super easy, super hardy. Yeah, nothing besides that was of any concern. Jennifer Weaver, good to see you, my friend. Hope you're doing well. Amazon Research Center for Ornamental Fish is currently doing work on a pistol reproduction. Temperature is an issue. See their website. Yeah, we, we know about temperature with the pistols as well, for sure. There's been work done on that. And it sounds like there still is. Matt, are you still hiring? Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. I should probably say this. So, we are looking for a content creator, we're looking for someone to be our Jimmy, our Jimmy Gimbal, our Swisski. Someone who can come in and help us create YouTube content, help take pictures for the website, uh, take pictures for social media content, that kind of thing. We would really like to find that person. That's something that that we're missing right now. Now that is an on-site, in-house position because we need that person to literally be able to take the camera and go take pictures, (laughs) right? You can't do that from a distance. and. If you want to live in beautiful Sheridan, Wyoming, great little town, we're so glad we moved here. We moved here because we were in Los Angeles and our our oldest child, our daughter, was about to start kindergarten and we went around looking at the schools and we were like, yeah, we can't raise our kid here. No offense to anyone in Los Angeles. I, geez, I, I don't want to sound <laughs> like if you put your kids to school in Los Angeles, you're a bad person. I, I grew up with lots, in california and like i went to school with lots of people that grew up in los angeles and went to schools there and nothing i'm not trying to say anything bad about it but we were fresh out of grad school we were very poor and for the places we could live looking at the schools that our daughter would have to go to we were like we want to we want her to have a better chance than that and so that's why we moved to sheridan we're glad we did the schools here the school that they went to was a blue ribbon school it's They've had a fantastic education, a lot of extracurricular stuff to do, try different things to learn and develop. It's been a it's been a good move for us, so I'd recommend it highly. Man, I still feel like my explanation of why we left Los Angeles was like elitist or something. I, I didn't mean that. I, I don't know how to say it, except for we were wanting our kids to have a different experience. That's the best way I can put it. Couldn't afford to live in the big city so we moved to a small town basically is what happened so anyway where was it going with that so yeah if you want to live in a great little town i don't know whoever's listening i don't know if you're a family person or not but raising kids here is awesome and you like content creation please send us an email hello at dancefish.com we want our jimmy (laughs) regina phalanges Seven smackaroos. Thank you so much for the super chat. Always appreciated, never required, but it makes my wife super happy when money falls out of the computer screen onto our laps. Hello, Dan. Do you think your spotted silver dollars would be okay with a single Delhenzi biker? Biker is eight inches and solo. Thanks for everything. Yeah. I think they're too big for a biker to eat them, or Bashir, Polypterus. Johnny, what do you think? Johnny has a lot more experience with these kinds of fish than I do, with silver dollars and such. So, Johnny, if you're listening, would you leave a comment at Regina Phalanges and let her know what you think? I think it'd be okay, but Polypterus do have a pretty big mouth on them. Survival of the fishiest at dance Fish. $20 for 100 worms, not even by the pound. Yeah, yeah, blackworm prices are nutso right now. If you can get them, you're gonna pay through the teeth. Matt, are you going to do the tooth carp jamboree? I've managed to get a babysitter and the wife's coming along. I would love to, I don't think I can. Is this like removing invasive carps? Is that, is that what this is? I would be all down for that but I don't have the time I can't I, I can't right now like for whoever does want to come work with us just just be aware we're a startup we work long hours it it takes all our focus and energy to make this happen but it's exciting and it's moving and it's going somewhere but at the startup stage there's not a lot of time for uh you know tooth carp jamborees much as that would be awesome I'd love to help get invasive species out of a local waterway or at least, you know, help with the problem. The red coral platys stay as teacups. Johnny Best says, all right. The fish guy five, when are, let's see here, the the coral red platys. Are you talking, Johnny, about the ones we sold months ago that they stayed small for you? If that's what you're saying, that's awesome. Josh S. says, I'm here. All right. Oh, this is cool. DC Kyle, my Ranger Pleco was maybe two inches and grew a bunch at first, but it slowed down significantly. That's kind of what we're seeing, too. So I'm wondering if they will stay mini. I don't know. You know, supposedly the mini only gets like two inches. Our biggest one is two and a half. But the, the information about them is completely unreliable. And so I'm like, well, people say two. Maybe it's actually two and a half. Fish or something like that. So I'm giving them a little bit of leeway before I decide they're not. The fish guy five. When are you getting more gold rose line sh- sharks? Um, as soon as we can. That's a fish we like to keep in stock, but there's high demand and low supply. So next time we can, we will indeed order more. Clicks images. How often do you get long finned rose barbs? We have a bunch in right now. I mean, I don't think I'm lying. Let's take a quick field trip, shall we? Let's go to Dan's Fish and see. What's here? Long fin rose barbs. Rosie? Oh, is there not in any... Rosie? There they are. Oh, but they're not the long fin. Oh, and apparently we don't have regular rosies listed right now either. Oh, didn't realize that. I think I think we just need to relist them. I think we have some more. I don't know. I'll, I'll look at getting more of the long fin. So it's tricky with the long fin rosy barbs because if you get a bad strain and you get these stringy fins and it's not good, it's, uh, it's just it's not a fish that I I'm, I'd be proud to sell. I've had some amazing ones in, in before though, so it's always a risk when I order long fin rosy barbs. And even the same supplier sometimes one the supplier can have amazing ones and the next time i order it might be like oh those are not good (laughs) i hate getting stuck with fish that i'm just not proud to sell so i'm not sure exactly when clicks but it's on my mind that's a fish i like a lot what i like to do is get like you know decent sized males nice developed fins they cost more but man they look great Jeremy, I'm here for the theater lessons. <laughs> Stage left is your right. Just remember that. <laughs> Mountaintop puffer keeper, I'm mostly here for the fish party. I occasionally throw in on the giveaway. Yep. Cheers. Here for the fish party. Aquaballs, hope you're doing well. I'm here to see fish and think about my next breeding projects breeding fish is the funnest thing it's, it's it's what i love about the hobby the most it's just so interesting to see all that behavior and the different strategies that they've developed to be able to reproduce some of these fish live in very hostile environments or are surrounded by a lot of species that they have to compete with and they've had to figure out a way so reproduce in, in that reality, and it's just interesting to see how they've done it. And then the colors that they develop and the, the dances they do, it's just, you see like David Attenborough doing those documentaries showing the bird of paradise and how beautiful it is, and it's doing this awesome display, and I'm like, that is pretty. That reminds me of a threadfin rainbow fish, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, fish are mind-blowing when they spawn, as far as color and their behavior and their dances, hmm. Melissa Turner, what is the difference with the emperor tetra and the carry emperor? I'm torn on which one to order. Well, they're different species. In fact, I think they're different genuses. So they're similar, but they're different fish. It's mainly though practically in like keeping them in your aquariums, it's more about just which one looks the best. As far as behavior goes and size and things like that, it's not that much different. So, I'd just be like, which color palette do you like the best? Do you like kind of a purplish fish? Or do you want the. That that would be the carry, right? It has more blue and kind of purplish on it. Or do you like the Emperor Tetra? It's just up to you. Which one floats your boat? But uh, technically, different species and. Yeah, different genus. Okay, now I gotta look at that. Okay, another field trip. Um, Emperor, or yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. So, Namato Brycon is the emperor tetra, and Impacithes, Impacthes, sorry, is the carry tetra. Yep. Okay, cool. I thought I had that right. When when two things are a different genus then they're, they're quite different scientifically. Like, they've come from... They've, they've evolved on different pathways enough to be a completely different genus. Still closely related, but different genus. When they're just a different species in the same genus, they're just more closely related. It's like cousins versus second cousins or something like that. Yeah. But behavior-wise, size-wise, all that, I, I would say it's just about the color palette, which one you like. Okay, beat that horse, let's move on. Mega Mindy Lou, I love my new pygmy quarries from you, do they breed? The babies must be microscopic. They do breed, and the babies aren't big. <laughs> and unlike a lot of quarries, these guys like to breed more in plants. I, I would have a big clump of java moss in there for them to breed in. Ira Nelson, is there a particular brand of heater you find more reliable than others? I'm fixing to replace a few that are reaching the end of their life. I wish. I wish I knew a good heater. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Heaters are a problem, and I, I don't. And if you want to go super super safe, you can go to Gemco. You can buy these really high quality stainless steel heaters, and you can put them on a controller. So that would be pretty safe. Or to be really safe, you could take, I guess, almost any heater and plug it into a controller. So let me show you what I'm talking about so this might make sense. Because I don't think this is, let's see here, controller. There it is, temperature controller. Okay, so at Gemco they sell these temperature controllers. And what this is, is it's a unit with a probe here. Can I, yeah, yeah, picture's not gonna get very big, but it's got a probe on it. You put that probe in your aquarium and this little display on the controller, you can set to a specific temperature. So you can set that display to, I don't know, 75 degrees, if that's what you wanna keep your your tank at 75 degrees. And then you get your heater and you plug it into the controller. This little thing here is an outlet. So if you have a heater that has a thermostat in it, right, you can set your heater to, I don't know, 75 degrees. And then you set your controller to 73 degrees. No, that's not right. You want to set your heater to... um, and you set your heater to say 77 78 degrees then the heater itself will heat the water to 75 degrees and keep it more or less there right if it ever malfunctioned and was gonna overheat and cook your fish then the the controller would shut it off at that point so it gives you some redundancy there's two ways heaters can fail one is they can just stop heating and your water gets too cold one is they can stop they can lock on and never cool off and they, they just overheat your aquarium, right? You're you're making fish soup at that point. The one that is more detrimental is when they lock on and they overheat your aquarium. If they turn off, usually they're in your house or whatever, it takes them a while to lower in temperature enough that it really hurts the fish, and hopefully you've you've noticed by then. So what I would say is, if, you, if you're worried about temperature and you've had heaters fail on you, and you know the pain of that, I would get a controller and a heater with a thermostat. So if the heater ever locks on, you're still okay because the controller will shut off once it reaches a certain temperature. A little redundancy doesn't hurt. But that's the only way I can think of to set up a heater on an aquarium and feel like this is probably not going to eventually hurt my fish. (laughs) Kelly Foreman. Hey, Kelly, it's great to see you, lady. Water changes are done. Those plants don't trim themselves. Mine do. (laughs) Well, until I take the lawnmower to them. (laughs) Good for you. Everything's fresh and clean and looking trim. It's a good feeling. (laughs) <laughs> 247 folks here. Thanks for being here, everyone. We really appreciate you joining us. Ethan Foster, Ethan, good to see you, my friend. Any thoughts? on Oh, I already, already did that one. Oh, I'm just behind. I just finally caught up to that in the in the chat. John Snow Radio. I've got a little colony of clown killies. I'd love to breed more. Any advice on the best case setup? For clown killies, what I would do is a very well-established tank, nice and mature, not a new tank. I'd put a bunch of plants in it. I'd probably choke half of it with java moss and then have floating plants on it as well, maybe a water sprite or something. I'd put a colony of clown killies in there. I would feed them really well. Then after they have been in there for, I don't know, a couple weeks or so, I would remove them sponge filter, because sponge filters don't suck up tiny fry, and then I would wait for little babies to appear, and then I would feed them. Now, the thing about clown killies is they have tiny eggs and tiny fry. This is why I wouldn't do them in a a new tank, a a tank I just set up to spawn them. I would do them in a mature tank, because then you're going to have little critters in them growing in the water and on the plants and stuff for them to eat. There'll be algae in there that stuff eats, and you'll get little and infusorias and rotifers and stuff. That will help help tie them over between meals. The other thing that you'll need to do if you want a good rate of survival is culture some kind of tiny little food. Baby brine shrimp's probably going to be too big for them, so you're probably going to want to do infusoria or rotifers or paramecium or something like that. So that's how I'd go about it. have tiny food ready and have a mature tank to kind of help help them have something to graze on between meals okay look in here through the chat because it just jumped to find the next one which was matt but matt it jumped so i don't know if i can see it anymore here it is how about pipe fitter hvac tech fish breeder Now, right now, we just need the content creator. I appreciate that, though, Matt. Thank you. Orange cones. I have a heavily planted 20-long aquarium with all red and bronze plants. Ooh, that sounds pretty. I planted a school of Microdivario cubitae. Oh, that'll look so good. Thoughts on another nanospecies to contrast the plants. Microdivario cubitae. a large group of those against red and bronze, is going to look great. So, in... In my theater background, I designed sets and lighting and all that. And the complementary color to kind of orange is a green. So that green Kubatai against a red plant is going to look great. Huh. What else? Blue would probably contrast pretty well. Maybe something blue. Axelradi raspberries would be awesome. Wish I had some for you. Yeah, I would think blue to contrast with the bronze. So gold, the, the complementary color is blue. So against the red, the reddish orange, your green's going to pop against your, your blue. The bronze, against the blonde bronze, I mean against the blondes. <laughs> Okay, against the bronze your, your blues are gonna pop so that's what I would that's what I'd look at. Cat with corn dog are the spotted hillstream loaches the loaches that stay small Well I, I don't think they get too big but maybe maybe a couple inches. So I don't know what you mean by small, but yeah I would say so. Matt. Toothcarp jamboree is a killifish convention hosted by the Wisconsin Killifish Association. Okay, <laughs> I guess my mind went to like Asian carp. <laughs> yeah, because killifish are egg-laying toothcarps. Yeah, it makes sense. I I don't know about this event. Is this new or am I just out of touch? Yeah, I wish I could go, Matt. I'm uh, right now though. I'm 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 tied to the office, as they say. I mean, it's a warehouse, but. I, in my mind, I was thinking, like, a trip to, like, go fishing and, and remove as many Asian grass carp as possible. <laughs> it's a little different. I'd love to go to a Kili convention, though. That'd be fantastic. In Wisconsin's the place, man. There's so many killie keepers up there in that area. The Fish Geek. It is hard to ship fish. It is... But there is a process that if you follow it, you'll have decent success, at least in my experience. We have a video about it, so if you go to, if you go to YouTube and search "dance Fish Shipping, then it should pop up. And hopefully it can help. There's a lot to take into consideration, but I would say if you, uh, there are processes you can follow to have good success. Also, Tarot, I don't do snow anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. Snow's a-coming, and I'm not looking forward to it, to tell you the truth. It's now that now that I've been working in a tropical environment for a while, as soon as the winter kind of comes on and gets actual cold, it takes me a while to adjust. When I was teaching theater, it wasn't as big an adjustment because I wasn't in... This is a hot space. What are we at right now? We're at 80 degrees now earlier today it was 83 degrees in here and that's air temperature the tanks stay about 79 when the sun shines on that wall though over there it uh it heats up right here at my desk so it's hot and i've got it acclimated to it so when that cold weather comes yeah i feel it kurt robinson do you Do you have to feed live food to baby rainbows to have any success? Oh, man. Sorry about that. (laughs) That came out of nowhere. (laughs) As they say in the movie Elf, did you hear that? Um, no. The nice thing about rainbow fish fry is they stay at the surface. So, I know lots of people and myself included that have had success raising them with just fine powdered foods. Algae powders, um, Golden pearls in the 5 to 50 micron size. Maybe even powdered rapashi. However, so, so that's fine. However, tiny live foods you can't beat. If you could culture infusorias and things like that, that, that would be great as well. But yeah, you can raise a decent sized batch of rainbow fish fry on, on small powdered foods. I've been angle hearted. Alexander Engelhart gifted 20 Dancefish memberships. Alexander, thank you so much. The, the number of memberships we have right now is astounding. And in large part, I think it's due to you and the other generous members who've been giving away memberships. So thanks to you and everyone else who's been giving away memberships. That's awesome. Bunny Viper Aquatics. I'd love to have some longfin cherry barbs. Any chance of those? Sure, I like those. The issue that I have with them is often when I order them, they send me regular fin cherry barbs. And I'm like, I just f- paid a long fin price and got regulars. So I haven't yet found a supplier that has consistently good long fins. <laughs> so <laughs> still working on that. But yeah, that's, that's a fish that I like to keep around and, and plan to bring in in the not too distant future. The Fish Guy5, when are you putting up the new African Tetris pictures on your website? Well, I haven't taken them yet. So the the earliest pictures we're gonna get, pictures and quotes, will be the, the video I make soon. I haven't been able to go around and take all the pictures yet. Bunny Viper Aquatics again, that's twice Bunny Viper Aquatics Squared. I love my baby sex fasciatus, so for those that don't know, that's an epiplatis, a killifish species. You turn me into a killie nerd despite my millions of South American cichlids. Love those killies. Yep, absolutely. Happy to do it. <laughs> Happy to spread the illness. Nino Franklin, I'm interested in angelfish but I want an expensive sought after one so if they breed I can easily sell. Do you know of any? I would say that the seal point angels are one that uh, you could probably sell easier than a normal common strain. I mean there's a lot out there. A high quality koi angelfish, like a really high quality one, those can fetch a pretty penny. You might want to try, what is it? Angels USA or what's the name of that company? I think it's Angelfish USA. They're online. It's been breeding a high quality strain of those for years there are the blue avatars if you can get a hold of those those are awesome and they go for quite a bit so yeah there's several out there but right now the oh um the the wild types if you can breed leopoldes or right now we have some awesome rio Nanes, the spotted rio Nene angelfish if you breed those those will go for a pretty penny as well so i'd say wild types are some of the fancier strains like the seal points Okay, scrolling because chat did the jumpity jumps. Trying to find the next one. Here we go. And it's mountaintop puffer keeper. Do the controller on the heater and back up with the... Okay, so do the controller on the heater and back up with a Wi-Fi probe alarm that emails me if it went wonky, high or low. Plus the puffer cam to verify what's happening if it's a rare species. Okay, yeah controller and then uh, an alarm bit is emailed to you. Yep. I mean anything you can do to make redundancy, because heater's gonna fail it's just a matter of time. And if it fails on, ooh, that's bad and it's bad quick. If it fails off and it's cold, that's bad, but it's bad really gradually. I mean assuming it's in a house. And not outside in the snow or something. Bunny but even, <laughs> Like, you think that doesn't happen, but have you seen Lucas Bretz's videos of his outdoor fish ponds? <laughs> Funny Viper Aquatics, I constantly find killifry fry in my tanks. I've moved plants around. How long do those takes, the eggs take to hatch? With uh, non-annual killies. I want to say about a week to two weeks, depending on the species and the temperature, is what it would take for the eggs to hatch. A week to two weeks. Jon Snow Radio, thanks for the great advice on the Achilles, sounds like they are the best in the mature tank they are in now, even though it's smaller than the new one I got for them. Yeah, babies, especially small baby fish, do better in mature tanks. It's just easier for them to find stuff to eat. Because we're pretty bad at growing small live food and having it consistent. It's like this failsafe if it just lives naturally in the tank. How are your clouded archers? I'm one click away from getting a small group. Our clouded archers have been rock solid. I think they're going to do great for you, Regina. Oh, that was a bunny viper. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, not to plug the archers, but they're fantastic. The the group has been rock solid. They're doing great. Not one do. Do you have... Now, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. (laughs) But that's what I'm going with. Not one do. Sounds like... A Star Wars, a planet in Star Wars. Do you have recommendations on fish for community setup for a 40 breeder? Yes, but there's thousands of them, so I need you to narrow it down for me. If you could let me know like 10, then I could look at that list and help narrow it down. There's just too many possibilities without having some starting point to help you out. Ginger Coats, we have snow in Upper Michigan. I believe it. I was shipping to Michigan this week, and I was like, ooh, that cold. Welcome to everyone who just got a, a membership gifted to them by the great and powerful and wonderful Sir. What should be the, the name? By his, instead of his majesty, by his generosity, Sir Englehart, congratulations to everyone. And thanks again, Sir Engelhart the generous. Okay, look in here, and here we go. Ice Demon 1515. Have you ever considered selling chameleon whips? Yes, I love chameleon whiptails. I like them a lot. I've had a couple species, but here's what gets me trigger shy about them, is they're very expensive, and I've yet to find a supplier I'm super confident in. So that's why I haven't brought them in. If I can find the supplier that I'm confident in, I'll bring them in all day long. But dropping that kind of dough on a fish and having it be like a wild import and then seeing that the import has not been treated correctly is just heartbreaking. So yeah, still looking for the right source. But I love those fish. I like all kinds of whiptails alrighty chat jumped. sorry here we go scrolling and there it is Greg Jones hey Greg good to see you my friend looking forward to sending you some fish is it heat pack season yet on your end sending some non fish supplies to share with your staff as well cheers thank you Greg that's awesome and I'm I'm looking forward to the improvement on the trident (laughs) I'm curious to see what that is let's see here for us, it's heat pack season, yes. Our, our lows right now are in the 40s, upper 30s, around there. So it's definitely getting cool here, for sure. Night Owl Arium. Ever played with tiger teddies? Never heard of them, but just pick some up. Any tips? I've never kept them. I think they're awesome. They have a reputation for being a little difficult. I'm not sure why, though. And I don't know if that's true generally or just, like, one or two influencers had trouble, and so I heard that. But I, I don't know much about them. Anyone here is is uh, Guppy Barn here or Fish Barn here? Mike, if you're here, or anyone else has kept tiger teddies, if you could drop some knowledge, let's get the hive mind on this to help Night Owl Arium out. I always want to say Atrium. It's Arium. Last Raven two fifteen. Do you have any advice on breeding threadfin rainbows? Same advice as breeding the clown killifish. That's how I would do it mature tank, lots of plants on one side, and remove the parents after a couple weeks and have small live foods available. And you can feed powder foods as well if you don't have live foods. It's it's easier to feed, I think, rainbows and blue eyes powder foods than it is most killies. All right. That, I think, is our hour and a half. I think we're done. I want to thank my moderators for being here and volunteering their time, doing what they do. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Hey, Chevy Fish. Hey, Punchy Paints. Um, and and I mean that. Thanks so much. I want to thank everyone that's a member. Thanks for joining up. We'll get you more perks as, as we can, but just thanks for supporting. As we work on that, I realize right now there's not a ton of value, but we're getting there. But I guess people are finding enough value just in this kind of stuff that they want to support and that just tickles me pink so thank you very very much everyone that threw money at us thanks for the super chats alexander Engelhart. thank you for giving away memberships that is so very very helpful everyone that joined up the new members thanks for joining up that's awesome okay where to now oh yes if you're lurking hail the lurker nation if you're watching on the replay hello from the past and if you're listening on the podcast thanks for listening We'll be back next Wednesday. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I sincerely hope you have a good one. Thanks, everybody. I really enjoy this. Thanks for geeking out with me. Till next week, bye-bye. Sitting here awkwardly, waiting for the video to end. And you never know exactly when it's going to end. So I'm going to guess it's somewhere about now.